All right, are you ready for the word tonight? Are you ready as I am? Pastor Robbie, the table has been set. We're so honored to have you and Pastor Jill and the Freedom Tabernacle and leadership and the whole family, church family that's here supporting you tonight from Freedom Tabernacle. We love Freedom Tabernacle. We love this man of God. Would you help me welcome, as you stand to your feet, Pastor Robbie Mathis to the North Georgia Revival tonight. Praise God. Come on, let's give him praise tonight, can we? Come on, bless him in the house. Bless the name of the Lord. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. You may be seated. I want to just obey the Holy Spirit tonight. Is that okay? We've had some incredible move of the Holy Spirit tonight. God's just moving and already heard testimonies. I know God's stirring faith in this place tonight. Things are happening. People are believing for breakthroughs. Some of you got a healing tonight, and there's others that are needing for God to do things in your life. Right about that last song that we were in tonight, I felt like the Lord gave me a picture of something that he wanted me to do, and I just want to obey it because I know that God is faithful, and when you obey him, he does his part. And so oftentimes it's just out of our obedience that we do things that God unlocks and unleashes things. Acts chapter 12 talks about Peter being in prison. And the angel of the Lord came and delivered him, rescued him out of that prison. And I just felt like the Lord was saying that there were many of you that are here tonight that feel like that you're just bound that you're just in a prison and you're waiting and believing for your breakthrough. Oftentimes, you just need the lock to be unlocked in order for that to take place. So this is what I feel like Holy Spirit wanted me to do. I'm just going to walk around to each section. And by the Spirit of the living God, I'm just going to unlock the lock that is holding you bound in your life, and I believe the Lord is going to set you free. I speak to this section, and I say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I unlock the lock that's been holding you, and I set you free in the name of Jesus. I speak to this section right here. Those that have been bound and held down by the power of the Holy Spirit, I unlock the lock that's been holding you bound, and I say in Jesus' name, be set free. I speak to this section right here. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I unlock that lock that's holding you bound, and I say in Jesus' name, be set free. I speak to this section right here in the name of Jesus. I speak and I unlock that lock, and I unlock it, and I say in Jesus' name, be loosed and be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. I speak to this section right here. And by the power and the authority of the name of Jesus, I unlock that lock that's holding you bound. And I say be loosed in Jesus' name and be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. I speak to all those in this section right here. I take the lock. And I unlock that lock that's holding you bound. And I say in Jesus' name, be loosed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I set you free in Jesus' name. 
I speak to all those in this section right here. By the power and the authority of the name of Jesus and by the Holy Spirit, I speak and I place that lock in the key. I unlock it in Jesus' name, and I say be loosed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Be free in Jesus' name. I speak to all those in this section right here. By the power and the authority of the name of Jesus, I put the key in the lock. I turn it and I loose it. That has been binding you and holding you bound, and I set you free by the authority of the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give him praise tonight in the house of God. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. Where'd our, where'd our sister that got healed? The, the video right back there. What was her name? Pam. Or so Pam. So this is what I was thinking tonight. When you saw Pam up here giving her testimony, and she was sharing, and we were sawing, when she saw the video of her, when God delivered her, did you see the response on Pam watching herself get delivered and set free? There was a freshness, there was a newness, and an excitement to be reminded about what God did for her in her life some time ago. Joni and the worship team took us back to 1998. <laughs> they took us back to the hill songs to shout to the Lord. And I want to tell you, it took me back to the freshness, to the tenderness of the time in 1998 when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. February the 21st, 1998, at 2.15 in the morning was when the Holy Ghost filled me and changed me, a Baptist pastor that encountered the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And and it reminded me of the freshness and the tenderness and, and the, uh, the renewing. And the, it took me back to that place, Tim, where God did a work in my life and changed me. But I want to tell you tonight that that was 24 years ago. And the presence of God is stronger in my life. It's more fresh. It's more tender. And it is a renewal. So I want to tell you that can you remember? Remember the time when God took you back to that place and just caused a freshness and a renewal to come back in your life. That's what this revival is about. It's about bringing us back to our first love. To our first love. The freshness, the renewal, the tenderness of it. We've heard testimonies about what God has done. And I'm going to I want to share a testimony with you that's going to even increase those of you because many of you in here tonight need a miracle. There's some of you that need God to move in your life. There is a process and there is a moment in time that God begins to shift and do something in your life that changes the aftermath, changes the effect of things that are going to take place in your life just like it did for Pam. Sometimes God does an instantaneous miracle and a healing, and there are many, many 
hundreds if not thousands that have encountered God in this revival and God immediately did something in their life, healed them, set them free, delivered them in an instant. And then there are others who got a touch. God did something and began a transformation in their life that they walked out in a process and God intervened and did something for them. You have to understand about how to cooperate with what the Lord is releasing and doing in your life and how he wants to accomplish that. So let me tell you the kingdom thing, this kingdom principle, and about how the kingdom functions and operates and how he works. Just recently we've had this precious couple, this husband and wife that's been attending our church, been attending our congregation. Last Sunday, a week ago today, the husband testified about what happened to his wife. His wife wasn't there, but he testified about what has been taking place in, in their life. His wife was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. She had stage 4 cancer. They, were, they stood on the Word of God. They were believing in the promises and the covenant of, of, of the Lord and believing that God would do something in their life. So back earlier this year, he testified they came to the North Georgia Revival. That's this place. They got baptized. And immediately the mass that was in her body, two-thirds of it went away. Two-thirds of it went away. They ended up switching doctors this new doctor said, we can help you get rid of that. She ended up going through radiation and some treatments. And they said, we were just standing on the word of God. We were just believing in the covenant promises of the Lord. And so they went through a period of time, she did, of taking radiation. And their testimony was is when they went through these treatments that there was not much change. There was just Nothing much changed and happening. But they said, we stood on the word of God. We were believing in the promises of the Lord. Three weeks ago today, at our church, we, nobody knew that this lady had cancer. We, we, didn't, we didn't know. We had a corporate prayer for disease, sickness, and bodies that were going on. And during the prayer, cancer, cells, tumors, were rebuked and commanded to dissipate and to shrivel in the name of Jesus. The husband and wife looked at each other, and they both looked at each other and said, It is done. It, it, it is finished. They went for a PET scan. She did. Not this a week ago, this past Thursday, they went back for the PET scan, and then he testified about it last Sunday, but when they got the report from the PET scan, this is what they, he said. He said, we were on the phone with the doctor, and the doctor said, I want to tell you there is no active cancer cells in your body. I want to tell you that Jesus is a healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the one that can do it you got to walk in the process of what he's doing. Trust him in that. And I believe the Lord is going to do something great, great, great and mighty in the lives of people today. We've stirred your faith. Amen? Now you're just ready to encounter him. I want to release something to you tonight. 
that many of you, and we're not going to be, be long because God's already just said this, but just a few things I just want to share with you. I know you might not think this is a revival sermon. This is not going to be one of those where we just turn it loose and just, although we might, but there, there's something that I want to, that I just want to release to you and share with you that I, I feel like that the Lord is wanting me to share with you tonight, and it has everything to do with the timing of when I'm preaching to you tonight. It has everything to do with that. This is what I believe God wants us to know. This will help us tonight, I believe, because we have to get in the timetable of God and his calendar. Some of you already know where I'm going. But I believe this is what the Lord wants. In Exodus chapter 12, this don't turn there because we're not going to read there, but in Exodus chapter 12, when God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, when they left, when he brought them out of Egypt and they transitioned into a new phase or season in their life, they did not leave empty-handed. In other words, they took something with them. They just didn't get by and say, glad I'm out of that. Let's leave that and let's, let's get on and, and let's start something. No, no, they didn't leave empty-handed. They took something with them. Can I tell you that as believers and followers of Jesus Christ today, we must understand the, the power of God's protection and his provision in the midst of such evil and chaos, even in the world in which we live in today. When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, the psalmist declared in Psalm 105, verse 37, said, He, God, also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his people. Silver in the Bible represents redemption. The silver reminded the Israelites that God had redeemed them or rescued them out of Egypt. Gold represents power. It represents wealth. It represents divine nature. It symbolizes God's kingship, God's glory, and God's holiness. So what is the application here that I want to bring to us tonight? And then we're going to pray for, for others and, and we're going to get in the water and people are going to get baptized tonight. We have just come out of something and we are moving into something new. You say, Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? I am so glad you asked. Last Sunday night at the revival, because I was away, but I watched the service. I, I went back and, and watched some things that, that took place. Pastor Jeff, I listened to your, to your sermon last week, and I want to tell you, you were right on. And let me tell you why. You all, last Sunday evening, celebrated or acknowledged a biblical feast called the Feast of Trumpets. It is Rosh Hashanah, what we call it, but in the biblical terms, it is called the Feast of Trumpets. And y'all acknowledged that last Sunday. It was the first day of the seventh month on the Hebraic calendar. It's Tishrei 1, and it started a new, new Jewish 
year. And Pastor Jeff shared with us, we moved into the Hebraic year 5783. That was last Sunday, and here we are just in a week of being in this new season, this new Hebraic year. So what I want to tell you is as, as we come out of this old year, this past year that we have been in, we are now moving into something new. We don't need to wait until January the 1st to have a New Year's resolution. Now is the time to line ourselves up with God's calendar and know that something new and fresh is taking place. So, Pastor Jeff, the reason that God had you to change your whole teaching message and go right on into your testimony and go into the thing of repentance was because God wanted to prepare the hearts of the people uh, to get them ready for what God was doing and bringing us into, into this next year. Jill and I were sitting out by the pool down there in Florida. I had the message on, and it was wide open. So everybody around the pool heard the sermon. And so, so Jeff, you, if you were here, you heard. So, so Jeff, this is what they heard. They, so, so Pastor Jeff says, except you shall repent, you shall all likewise perish. Come here. But thank you for preaching the truth. Thank you. Pastor, stand up. Thank you for preaching the truth. Thank you for preaching the truth. Thank you, church, for being true and faithful to this revival that here we are, 243 weeks later, God's still moving more powerful and stronger than he has in lives are still being changed. I want to personally thank this church and all that's represented who host and carry this revival on their shoulders to pray throughout the week and to make things happen. It is because of that faithfulness that God is releasing his glory and his anointing and I just want to personally say thank you, thank you, thank you for making it possible for us to have a, a means here in our community that we can have such a revival. I told the Lord several years ago, I said, God, I said, let there be a revival in this community. Just let me be a part of it, God. I just want to participate in a great move of your spirit. And great God is allowing that to take place right here in our community. Amen. Come on, can we give him praise? He is worthy. He is worthy. So I feel like the Lord wants me to stir us to consider this question tonight. What will you take into this new year? What are you going to take with you into this new year? I believe the answer to that question is going to have a direct correlation with what you leave behind. Because what you leave is going to be directly connected with what you take with you. So now, right now, is the perfect time to consider this. 
to ponder, to reflect, to take personal inventory of where you are with the Lord. We are currently in a time frame on the Jewish calendar called the 10 days of all. It started last Sunday night with the beginning of the Feast of Trumpets. There's 10 days of all. The Hebrew, the Hebrew word is called Yom Norim. It's 10 days of all where the Israelites would prepare themselves in prayer because 10 days later would be a day which was the sixth celebration or feast of the Lord known as the Day of Atonement. That Day of Atonement will be coming up this Wednesday. So here's the importance about where we are in the time frame of things. This Sunday night, today, is the only Sunday this year that we're going to have a chance to be in these 10 days of all from the time of Feast of Trumpets until the time of the Day of Atonement, which is this Wednesday. Now would be a good time to examine yourself and get cleansed of the things that need to be cleansed in your life. And for those that are walking with the Lord, a great, great time to be grateful, to be thankful that Jesus Christ has become our atoner, that he has given his life so that we could be saved, healed, and delivered, and set free. Amen? Leviticus chapter 23 goes into detail to list all of these feasts of the Lord. And many, many people, or some people, always say, well, that's, they've said, that's good to know. I mean, it's nice to know about the feast, that, that's good, but, you know, that, that's okay. That was good for the Jewish people. But can I tell you that every one of those feasts have an implication on your life, has an implication on my life, and an implication on the life of the whole world through what Jesus Christ did. Amen. So it's more than just saying, oh, well, that's nice to know about. It's not going back and living under the old covenant. It's none of those things save us. But at least it's an acknowledgement that we believe and line ourselves up with the Word of God. I mean, look at the extent that so many people go through to get all excited and fired up about man-made holidays. And God has established His own holy days. And if we would align ourselves up with those holy days, you're talking about God's blessings being released on your life. I don't know about you, but I want God's blessing on my life more than I want anything else. Amen? So Leviticus chapter 23 gives us a list of all of the feasts. And they are the Feast of Passover. They are the Feast of Unleavened Bread. They are the Feast of First Fruits. Then there is the Day of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. Then there's the uh, Feast of Trumpets that was just celebrated last Sunday night. Then there's the Day of Atonement. And the seventh one is the Feast of Tabernacles. Now you have to understand that on all of these there was 
something historical that happened than a spiritual transaction that took place. And there are three fall feasts that something is prophetically going to happen that has not happened yet. So it's not just, oh, well, that's good for the Israelites and that's good for the Jewish people. I want to tell you what Jesus did in fulfilling all of those feasts had something to do with us as Christians. Amen? What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about this. Jesus himself was crucified on the Feast of Passover. Jesus Christ was buried on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Jesus rose from the dead on the Feast of Firstfruits. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. All of those have already happened. And so there's three fall feasts that we are still, that, that are still taking place that you can take it to the bank of that something is spiritual a transaction is going to take place through what Jesus Christ said on trumpets on the day of atonement and on tabernacles the next one is the Feast of Trumpets. Well, what's going to happen? Well, let's just say this. It was a time of regathering. When the trumpet was blown, it was a time to gather all the people together. There's going to be a prophetic fulfillment that will take place on the day of a trumpets. One day, a coming soon, I believe. It will happen on the day of trumpets. It goes like this. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13, through 18. He said, Brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant concerning those who are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so also will he bring with them those who are asleep. For this I say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall not prevent those who are asleep for the Lord himself. <laughs> shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore comfort ye one another with these words. He's coming back. Can we give him a shout of praise? <laughs> he's worthy and he's coming back, Marty. Glory to God. <laughs> Is anybody looking for that day? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all be seated. I wasn't supposed to get all excited tonight. Well, Can I tell you that on the Day of Atonement, there's going to be something historical, something spiritual, a transaction that is going to take place, and it's going to have to do with the nation of Israel. Isaiah 66.8 says, Can a nation be born in a day? Zechariah prophesies about the second advent of Christ. And Zechariah 12.10, Willie, of the Scripture said that all of Israel are going to look on him in whom they have 
appears and there's going to be a great mourning. God is going to deal with the nation of Israel's sins. And in a moment, their salvation and their eyes will be open to come to the understanding about the Messiah that they pierce. It's going to take place. And as Zechariah 14, 9 says, when Jesus establishes his messianic kingdom, he says, and the Lord shall be king over all of the earth. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Gentile oppression is going to force the Israelites uh, to leave Jerusalem. Uh, but the Lord, as he comes back, he's going to execute vengeance uh, for his people. He's going to break the yoke of bond of Gentile bondage uh, over the nations. And they'll look on him and accept him and understand who he is. He'll be the king over all the earth. I want you to understand, uh, contrary to popular belief, God's still got a plan for Israel. Let me make real, you real clear that you understand this truth. Zoom that camera in real close right there. I know many people are preaching and teaching that the Gentiles replaced Israel and that they not, no longer have a place in the kingdom and they call it replacement theology. But I want to tell you the truth this morning. You read the book of Romans, the 11th chapter, and the Bible said, has God cast off his people? Certainly not. God forbid, because the day shall come when just as they are the apple of his eye, and because he started with them and through their rejection of the Gentiles had a chance to get saved, but he'll use the salvation of the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. He's going to come back for them just as he is us, and they'll have a chance to get saved. And as Romans 11:26 said, and all Israel shall be saved. Oh, hallelujah. Woo! We like to take this verse, Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, and apply it to spiritual gifts. But in context, Romans eleven twenty nine 29 is talking about Israel and God's plan for them. And it goes like this, Romans eleven twenty nine: 29. For the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable or without repentance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> what I'm saying to you is just as God's got a plan uh, for Israel, he's got a plan for you, your individual lie. He's got a plan for my lie. Uh, don't you think that things are out of order and there's all kinds of chaos and we have no hope? We've got a king seated on the throne and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's ruling and reigning. What have we got to fear? He is the one uh, that we look to. Amen. And then the Feast of Tabernacles is when he comes 
to future abide with his people. There'll be no need for the sun. There'll be no need for the moon. For the lamb is the light thereof. His glory is going to splendor. She shine uh, throughout all ages and the redeemed will be gathered to him uh, to be joyful and, and full of hope and peace forever and ever. Amen. Come on, just give him praise right quick. We need to understand this. Amen. We need to understand this. Exodus 13, when they came out and they transitioned from one season in their life to another, God instituted the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the instructions were no leavened bread shall be eaten. So as I felt like the Lord wanted me to bring to us tonight, that as we are preparing to move from one season to the next, from one year to the next, God wanted us to know, let's get rid of the leaven out of our life. Let's get rid of the leaven out of our life. So let me discuss these three with you right quick. Matthew chapter 16. Now we're going to read this. Matthew 16 verses 5 through 12 says, Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the, look at this, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? You know, the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up? How is it that you don't understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread? But to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread. Look at this. But of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. We're going to get rid of the leaven tonight. We're going to get to leaven out. So the leaven of the Pharisees. The Pharisees had a strong commitment to the law as interpreted by the tradition of the elders. They were very formal and they were very legalistic. Jesus addressed the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 15, verses 8 and 9, when he said, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. They relied or trusted more in the traditions than they did what God was trying to convey. Can I tell you the way the service went tonight? 
when it just flowed and operated in the spirit and we ministered according to what God was doing. So you got to catch the moment of what God's doing. You got to catch the moment of what the Lord is doing. The leaven of Pharisees wouldn't like this. Because it's out of tradition. It's out of norm. It's not sing a few songs, take up an offering. We want to hear the preacher preach. And then we're going to give an altar call. But I'm telling you that God is bringing something new. I'm not telling you that any of those things are going to be done away with because they're all important, but we must understand when God is serving bread, we must eat. When he's serving wine, we must drink. We must understand we have to go with the moment. Amen? Do what he wants so things can happen in the service the way that God wants to have. And I believe that there are many pastors and there are many that God has dealt with their hearts. Maybe you're a pastor watching tonight and God has dealt with your heart. You know this is the way that you should go. But you're so fearful and stuck in this bondage, this pharisaical spirit that's got a hold of you that you can't break free of. I say in the name of Jesus, be free and be loosed in Jesus' name. Let the power of the Spirit move in your life. You're worried about people leaving because they want to, listen, if they are coming to hear you preach and that's the main reason, they're coming for the wrong reason. We have some new guests that come to our church all the time, and just recently one of our guys told this new couple, said, hey, if you come back a few more Sundays, you might get to hear Pastor Robbie preach. You just got to flow with the Holy Spirit, amen? Just move with the Spirit. But we want to get rid of the leaven of the Pharisees. So that's our prayer, Lord. Remove our traditions. Remove our normalcy. Remove our repetitive patterns. Remove our opinions. Remove our ideas. Remove our familiarities. And God, get the leaven out of us in the areas in our life where we have become comfortable. And by all means, let us never, ever, ever make going to church more important than the God of the church. It's not to check off a box and just say that we did it. If you do that and, and you, you, you're honoring him with your lips, but your heart is far from him, it's the wrong motive. May we get a place to where the tenderness and the, 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 the renewal of the spirit that we're so hungry and desiring him more than anything. Lord, get that leaven of the Pharisees out of us. Amen. He said, beware of the leaven of the Sadducees. The Sadducees came from leading social families and they were rationalists and materialists and they denied the supernatural. What is materialism? It's a tendency to consider material possessions and physical comfort more important than spiritual values. Rationalism is philosophical view that reason should be the chief source of knowledge. It could follow something along the lines of this. We follow science.
and they denied the supernatural. Lord, remove the leaven of the Sadducees out of us. We believe in the supernatural power and provisions from you, O oh God. Our faith, our belief in God, in you and your provision and your protection, Lord, it is greater than our fear, worry, and anxiety about what's going on in the world. We're not going to have the leaven of the Sadducees in our life. Amen? Let's break it off of us. And then thirdly, the leaven of Herod. Joni, y'all come on up. Worship team, come on up. So close this out. Mark chapter 8, verse 15 says this. Jesus said, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And the leaven of Herod. What is the leaven of Herod? The leaven of Herod is worldliness. It's the godlessness of the worldly man. It's unrighteousness. It is evil. The leaven of Herod. Now listen to me, church. This is going to be important for us because it's where we're at now in the world. The leaven of Herod wants to silence the authoritative voice of the church. You remember what happened to John the Baptist? What did he do? He called out and rebuked the sin of Herod for taking his brother Philip's wife, Herodias, seducing her and taking her for his own. Peter, uh, uh, Peter rebuked that, or John the Baptist rebuked that and said that that was wrong. Well, they ended up taking John the Baptist's head on a planet. He was, he was killed. And all that is Herod, the the worldliness, the leaven of Herod wants to try to silence the voice of the church. In other words, to try to stifle it out. But we're not going to act like the world. We're not going to act as if we don't have a God. We belong to God. We want his glory. We want it to manifest in our life and through our life. Go ahead and just start playing, brother, if you don't, if you don't mind. Listen, I want to tell you that as we think about where we are in the world today, can I tell you that ultimately as believers, our hope is not in the Republican Party. Our hope is not in the Democratic Party. Our hope is not in any president. We've got a king who is ruling and reigning in the heavens, and you and I are just here for a short period of time, and he said, Occupy. <laughs> until I come. We don't want the leaven of Herod to try to stifle us and to try to cause us to cower in fear, but we should be strong and bold and brave and courageous knowing that not only have we been saved, born again, but we have been filled with the Spirit of God and we have hope in Jesus Christ. Many people say this, well, if this happens, then everything will be okay. Well, if that happens, everything will be okay. And it seems like that, that many are just waiting for that, that thing to happen. Can I, can as, as believers, the way we should look at it is this. Something already has happened. Something already has happened. Amen. Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of the world. He was buried. He rose again the third day to all who believed. 
He has saved us. He has filled us with the Holy Spirit. And he has enabled us to live a joyful, peaceful, victorious life no matter, no matter, no matter what's going on in the world. Stand with me. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So the what we have in our life, nobody can take it away. Nobody gave it, and they can't take it away. And we can trust in Him. Amen. This would be a good time to break out in that old song. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. No, no, no. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Come on, this piece. This peace that I have, the world didn't give it to me, no, no, no. This peace that I have, the world didn't give it to me. This peace that I have, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Come on, this love, yeah, this love. testimonies tonight. Listen, it's time to encounter God. It's time for your miracle to be released. It's time for your healing to be released tonight. Amen. So that's what I want to ask. If you have letter A, if you have letter A and you signed up to be baptized tonight, we're well, going to ask you if you would just make your way up the steps over here on this side and they'll take you back where you need to go. So letter A, if you'll come on up and just come up through here. Come on, let's thank them. Let's show them. We're believing with them tonight for God to encounter them, for God to meet their needs. Amen? Letter A, letter A. Now I want to ask all of the prayer partners.
that have the badges. If you are one of the North Georgia Revival prayer team members, I want you just to come and line up across the front right here. If you're not getting baptized or you're waiting for your letter, it'll be up on the screen that you'll see it. And then the next one B will be shown and you can come up and up through here and go. But uh, if you, we want to pray with you. Jill and I is going to be in the altar tonight praying with people. We want to minister to you. These prayer team members want to pray with you tonight. We're going to believe God for a great move of the Spirit, for miracles, healings to happen tonight. So one more time, can we give Jesus praise in expectation of his goodness? This joy that I have, the world 